Hey everyone, welcome to the Life Unplugged podcast. This is James and Terry Kraft coming to you from sunny Southern California. Are you looking for an opportunity to join the discussion with two people who have traveled the real and vulnerable road of marriage recovery, ministry, family life, and leadership? Well, our hope is for you to journey with us through each episode into a discovery of what it means to live a faith-filled life in an honest, authentic, and unhindered way. So we encourage you to set aside life's distractions and stresses and get comfortable with us as we discuss Life Unplugged. Hi, everyone. This is James and Terry Kraft back here at the Life Unplugged podcast, and we are so grateful to be back with you this week. Uh, We have a fun experience for you today because this one's personal. Yes. And so when it gets personal... That's when it gets vulnerable. <laughs> no, no, we are really excited about today because we've been having some like all-star cast of uh, uh, guests coming on the podcast lately. Um, I think so, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. Yeah, and we get some really good response from a lot of people all over the world. Actually, it's really been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, it does get personal because we get to have the one and only. And I mean that one and only, uh, but a very special person in our lives, our nephew with you here today, Evan Kraft. Evan, welcome here to the podcast with us. Hey, hey. So cool. It is <laughs> so cool. I love this. And uh, I know you're out there in Nashville. Uh, so it's uh, the cool place. You're right down in town. Drinking some sweet tea. Sweet That's tea. right. We love Nashville. <laughs> Every time we've been there, we love it. We actually uh, rented a little... Airbnb there right off the river uh, when we were at a, so a conference cool. one time and it was gorgeous at night the bridge was all lit up and we just a cool place rode the little what it's are those beautiful. things that those people little ride? bird scooters man oh yeah that everybody was crashing on because they would drink too much at yeah. night <laughs> not us we weren't drinking and so we, but they were fun <laughs> I haven't seen it because I moved here right before the quarantine so yeah, I haven't really even, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, it was fun. I I'm more of a white knuckler though. Yeah, she went back to the place, and I yeah. I rode around in the city. It was fun. Oh, so. it was a beautiful place to live. We're excited that you're out there. Though we have had the privilege of watching you grow up here in California with us, and it's been fun. I yes, mean, crazy. Well, well, and Evan, I people don't really uh, they might not know, and if they don't know, they're gonna know today. You know, just how God has used you in so much in our world today. But it's pretty amazing. If you go on to YouTube and you kind of just, you know, Google Evan Craft, I mean, you'll see some videos on there. I think sometimes, I think I saw one with you had like 27 million views on it. I mean, it was something ridiculous. I was like, what in the world? <laughs> this is awesome. You know, so I know that you have a huge fan base and what you're doing, but tell us a little bit what you've been doing all these years and what, how God's been using you, uh, in your gift, because you're an incredible musician, but you have really have a, a niche and a unique, uh, presentation of who you are in your gift, songwriting as a, as a musician, as a singer. Um, and I'll say this too, is, um, just somebody who represents who God is in this world. So tell us a little bit about how and what you've been doing. Yeah, well, I think you you guys probably witnessed the peculiar obsession with Spanish that I had um, before I really even yeah. spoke the language proficiently. 
Um, but I, I, I loved it in high school and I was just an, like kind of a nerd that I would, you know, buy all the Chronicles of Narnia, read them in Spanish. Cause I knew the story. Yeah. Um, and it, it was, it was kind of piecing together, you know, like the, the passions I have and, and the love, um, for people, for ministry, for music and for language and culture. Um, and so I'm mean, just kind of seeing like, what, what could I do with all of that? And for a while, you know, music is, is a difficult um, career path. And so I thought, okay, you know what, if, if I'm not making headway here, I'm just gonna, you know, I still have these passions and at least I can serve as, as um, maybe a missionary. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that really started because of, you know, the um, just, you know, love your, love the Lord, your God and love your neighbors yourself. Yeah. yeah. And so being from, you know, near LA, you know, yeah. people will correct me. I'm not from LA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're from suburbia. We say that all the time. We're yeah. like, we're from Ventura County. <laughs> yeah. But, but being, I mean, even in Ventura County, yeah. there's so many Spanish speakers mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we're growing up in, in California, you're, you're surrounded by, I mean, Thousand Oaks is, um, the, the hospital is Mil Robles, which means Thousand Oaks. And so, um, you know, the history of it and just, but, but really learning, to, you know, being part of a, of a homeless shelter too, you know, mm-hmm. my, that my dad runs, um, really, really encouraged me to speak Spanish. So yeah. I didn't have to have a translator. And so I could really start to love other people as myself, because mm-hmm. how am I supposed to share gospel with people if I can't even speak their language? Yeah. Um, so that was something that really encouraged me to, 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 to learn Spanish. And then when I took a trip down to Mexico in, I think it was like October, 2011. Um, so it was like nine years ago. That's what is just so crazy to me now. Yeah. Um, is, is that it was just a life-changing experience because I mean, we were all um, in see me at the church and, and my understanding of worship and what it meant to be a worship leader was like, okay, well I need um, to have a good sound. I need to like perform. I need the lights. I need like the sounds gotta be great. And you got, you know, and I get down to Mexico and the sound didn't work. The light, there were construction lights. It was in a, in a yeah. tent, it was dirt floors. And, and, you know, it was like 60, you know, viejitas, old ladies that were like there at this tent <laughs> meeting and like maybe 15 people my age. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was like 20. And I remember just feeling like I was stripped of everything that like was my identity in that mm. moment, like being a craft or being, um, you know, the, the gringo, like, Oh, I, I had read a book by Reinhard Bonnke, um, uh, you know, very, yeah very famous missionary and evangelist. And I thought like, Oh, this is, I'm going to be him. Like that's mm. this, get ready. Yeah. And it was just like, it was just the, you know, I felt the Lord really say to me, like, Evan, you know, after ev- feeling like I didn't have anything to give, you know, they, they invited me to sing at this church and I'm singing like fire fall down in Spanish, fuego de Dios. Like just, you know, the easiest song yeah. I could learn in Spanish. I felt like everything that defined me was taken away. Wow. And it was, and I, and I would hear people singing. And the first time that I really understood what it meant to like sing in spirit and truth, just like in, in honesty and like uh, just, you know, this fervent desire to worship the Lord. And, you know, the difference between, you know, what sometimes like our, our just our comfort in church in, in the United States. And I mean, that can happen anywhere in yeah. the world, but I, I really witnessed um, just true unadulterated, just like love for the Lord um, yeah. through these like, 
elderly women that, you know, and then at the end of it, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I went thinking that I was like going to bless everybody, like, look at me. And they gave me like $60 in pesos. And I was just like, I was like, I can't take this. Like this, you know, I'm supposed to be the blessing here. Like I, you know, look at me, I'm on a missions trip. And I just really felt like the Lord gave me a slap in the face, Mm. like a loving, a loving slap in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, Hey, who do you, who do you think you are? Like Mm. that I would need you to bless these people when like, I'm everything that they need and I'm everything you need. And so, you know, I went on, I I stayed with some missionaries for a few months and there was so much healing and change in my heart to like, Mm. of like who, who I am. Um, you know, because I come from a family of, of pretty, um, like bold people and, you know, living in, in like under the shadow of like, okay, they, they've accomplished so many things. Like, you know, how do, where do I stand? Mm -hmm. Who am I? What is my calling? What is my gifting? And, and then it it would, I started to take just like some leaps of faith and it was like, Hey, I'm going to go to Columbia. I don't know anybody, but I feel that God is leading me to, to, to love these people and to do whatever it takes to understand, understand their culture and to understand, um, you know, who they are. So, so that in turn, if I am going to serve, um, I actually have something to give. Yeah. And so that was, you know, these crazy trips where like, I slept on people's couches. I emailed pastors that I had never met. And I was, you know, making friends with all these people. I would, I mean, take these drives across countries I'd never been to, you know, people, it was crazy that people were willing to take me. Mm. I was like, Hey, I don't have, I don't have anything but a guitar. Yeah. Like I'll do whatever, you know, I got to do to, to get there. Um, and so, yeah, that started to grow. And I was, I was taking Spanish and I ended up getting a degree in Spanish in college, which was, the, the greatest, like, um, you know, uh, equipping of my life for the language, just it, it, not just for the language, but for the culture, reading the history. I, I read the history of like, since, um, you know, the, the native Mexican cultures, the Aztecs, the Olmecas and, and finding yeah. out like, well, how does that, how does that affect these people? And how can I in turn, like be aware of that so that when I'm there, I'm, I'm culturally relevant yeah. and I understand like, Hey, this is how these people have been oppressed. This is what they're living today. And, and how does the gospel fit into that? Yeah. So it was like such a crazy turn in my life. Um, you know, and, and while doing that, releasing music that like, I kind of hit this sweet spot of doing acoustic worship covers Yeah. that like, you know, as you said, it went viral and, you know, there's songs that we would sing at church though. Right. Right. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, I have a guy that I work with. He's from Puerto Rico. And I forgot which song it was that you first did like a cover on that it became almost like a bridge for so many people in the Spanish-speaking world for these English songs that were worship songs that were a huge bridge that they were able to be a part of in their language and really be able to worship in that way. He goes, James... He, he tells me to this day, he can't wait to meet you, but he was like, <laughs> it revolutionized how we did things in Puerto Rico, which was pretty and, cool. And you know, what was so funny is like, I always thought if you became a YouTube star, you were like a B level artist. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. like, that is no, I need to get a record deal. And like, this is the way that these things happen. 
And then it was really YouTube that, that gave me a free platform. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what, what I saw though, was that, okay, you know, I was in Mexico in these, in these little churches and I was like, they don't have tracks. They don't have access to, um, you know, all of the resources that, that bigger churches have. So how can I get to the people, you know, the majority of Christians yeah. that don't have access to that. And it was, Hey, you know, my friend, Sean, that, yeah. you know, went to church with us and produced, yep. I was like, Hey, can we do just just do acoustic versions of songs? Mm. So it made it so accessible to everybody. Yeah. It was a guitar and a piano. And, and that was really what, like, you know, talking about revolutionizing is I just followed the trend in the U S yeah. that yeah. people were doing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it was a, uh, the uh, right time the right the right place at the right time yeah. well i can still remember we're sitting on our couch like you know i think it was like the three of us or i don't know who was all there but you were saying gosh you know i know it sounds crazy but i think i'm gonna do this whole thing in 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 the spanish-speaking world and we're like we can totally <laughs> see that happening because it was like the 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 genesis of, and the the sort of the the way that it organically worked in your life was yeah. such an anointed thing that it just, it seemed right. We're like, absolutely. So then the next thing we know, you're, you're traveling all over the world. I mean, you all over the world, you, I, we were just talking and it's like, you have, this is going to be your eighth album that you are releasing here coming up. And, you know, we laugh because when you put something out, like James said, it's like, tens of thousands of responses and, and hundreds of thousands yeah. <laughs> millions <Yeah>. of <laughs> people <laughs> it just you know and it's great Be, but but that but hearing how it started is so precious you know evan here's and, and i hope everybody can hear this i love the heart behind how you operate because i know that you actually would go back to your local high school which is right down the road from us and you would go back in the spanish classes and you were like the special guest that would come in and with 30 <laughs> people. And I know that they still talk about you there at the school. You know, I just I just did one on Zoom for a private Christian school in Thousand Oaks you did. Uh, this, this week because the, the kids, they, you know, it's really hard to kind of understand why you need to learn a new language when you're yeah. that young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like to show like, hey, this is what I've been able to do. Yeah. But it, it's funny that you say like, you know my parents, for example, like they would support me when I was like, Hey, I'm going to go do Spanish, but they, it wasn't an, until a few years later. And I think this is a really, really interesting point as a, as a parent. Yeah. Like I'm not a parent yet. So, but, but as a child yeah. of, of somebody that my parents, when they went to see me in Mexico for the first time, and I, my dad had only seen me at a church of like 14 people in LA. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm in Mazatlan at a conference with 5,000 young people and my dad is crying. Mm. And my mom went to um, uh, Monterey, Mexico uh, to this conference with Marcos Witt, who's like the, you know, he, he really revolutionized worship music in, in the eight, late eighties to the early nineties all throughout to today. Yeah. And she's, and she sees me there and they're like, you know, I'm so glad I didn't tell you what I really thought. <laughs> <laughs> Because, but I think it's important as like, as a parent to, to hear that because yeah, I think the, the people, a lot of people told me I couldn't do what I was doing. Yeah. I had a, even producers, like this guy who worked with Marcos Witt was like, your Spanish is terrible. And you're, you know, they're going to hate you. Like <laughs> he told me that. 
And I was like, I, I had like some Latino producers even tell me like, this is stop doing this. Really? And I was like, why would it? I mean, look, if, if I'm going to fail and yeah. I feel that God has called me to this, yeah. then it's like, I share the failure with God, but yeah. God doesn't fail. Yeah. But either I'm crazy and I'm totally like off my rocker yeah. or I heard the Lord. Yeah. And my, my parents, they said to me that, you know, they're like, and I, I think that if my parents had said to me, Evan, this is probably not a great idea. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. It probably would have shaken my, my confidence oh, enough yeah. to just have discouraged me to do it. Yeah. But they would always be like, you know what? If you feel that the Lord's calling you to that, then take, take a chance. Yeah. You're 21. Yeah. What do you have to lose? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's I love great. that. <laughs> well, and I, Evan, I, and I love it that your parents and I, we love them, obviously the family, but it's one of those things where they have been an encouragement to you, you know, and all along the way. And, and you had, you've had to hit, you've hit some bumpy roads through life. You know, it's like life didn't come on a silver platter to you. You had to overcome and the challenges and just like everybody else in this world, but you were empowered by people who believed in you, which yeah. is it's a huge statement. You know, and Evan, I, as I see you, I've seen you've accomplished so much. I mean, uh, you have from all the way from high school. All, I mean, I, well, we know you since you, you came into this world. Uh, but to watch you, you have had great favor on your life. I mean, obviously, you know, from a Dove Award nomination to two, I mean, two. you get two of those, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah. know. We've got all these athletes. Or maybe that, more. Who got, knows? Yeah, I just there's know more coming. Trust well, me. <laughs> two. Hopefully more coming. That's right. Yeah. That's and right. an award coming too. Well, so, and, yeah. and, <laughs> and it's so funny too, because when I saw, when I've seen you release some different things and I'm, and I've always been like, Matt Redman is, you know, just such a hero. And then to hear you and, and watch you sing with him, you know, yeah. on the stage and, you know, I mean, just you know, you, we're going to talk later a little bit about your new release with Meredith Andrews and just some really great collaboration that you've even had within, you know, the worship community. It's so fun to see that because that, that gets to be the icing on the cake, but what's really foundational is like you've weathered the storm. Yes. Yeah. You know, what, what would you say to people listening? You know, how have, what are some pillars that maybe have helped you to stay grounded? you know, in your dreams? I think conviction and knowing that like, you know, a, a, a firm belief in that, um, like what you're doing is for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, like when, you know, even ministries, like you, you start out, you know, we started out in Simi Valley and, yeah. and like at church and like, Hey, we're, we're there to help people connect with the Lord. So you wake up, on a Sunday morning at, you know, I remember in Simi, I would work at Starbucks like all day from like 4.30 in the morning to go to worship practice to then go do homework <laughs> after while in college and then wake up the next day at like 5.30 to be at church. That's very abusive to you. Whoever would do something like that to you? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't have the energy to do that anymore. Yeah. But like when you're, tw- when you're 21, yeah. like you're just, you don't even like need to stop. No, you just do and, it. Yeah. But, it, but I remember like, you know, the motivation is, Hey, there, there is like, I get to sing today to help people connect with the Lord. And today, as I, as I write music, um, you know, and, and throughout the last few, few years, almost a decade, it's been, you know, how do I present the gospel in a very real, um, 
real way that that Latin America will be able to understand understand it. And and you know, not that there's a lack of that because there's incredible writers, but like I, I was able to go and do uh, my my master's in in practical theology yeah. um, at Southeastern University last year, and I did that because you know the the long term goal that I have is to be able to equip churches um, in Latin America and, and equip writers. Yeah, you know, because the number one way we consume theology today is through song. Yeah, and so and and that our you know how we see God is the most important thing of our theology. Yeah, if we see God as a as a you know a God who prefers um, European culture over Latin American culture, then, then you have a twisted view of who God is. Yeah. You have a God who is angry and, um, isn't forgiving. You know, you have a twisted idea of who Jesus is. Yeah. And so I, I think that like, you know, having a family that, you know, the imperfections that we have, but like, yeah. you know, one that always, you know, emphasized God of the second chances, God yeah. of, yeah. um, you know, of love and who, who came from heaven to earth, you know, and, and would, traverse the universe and, and, and yeah. space time or whatever to get to my heart. Yeah. You know, that, that like just the thought of that, you know, that someone wouldn't know, wouldn't know that and wouldn't understand the immense love that God has. I mean, that's a, that's a really big thing, that's you know, huge. to, to, to motivate you for a career. Yeah. You know, no, if you told huge. me that, Hey, if you do accounting really well, then, then, you know, these people would be saved. I'd be an accountant. Yeah. Um, I think it was just, it was just one of the things that like, okay, what is, what is going to be most, and I think now in a quarantine, you know, we all reevaluate mm-hmm. what is most important to me. Yeah. Like absolutely. is, is having a nice house. I mean, that was one of the big questions I had when I was 21 and starting this. Yeah. Is, is my life goal going to be being a successful musician? Mm. Because if it is, I need to change a lot of things about my music and my career path. But if my goal is going to be to create uh, music that is accessible to to a lot of people, especially a very you know, we would say a niche, but like this is the Spanish speaking people, it's huge, which which is yeah. four hundred fifty million people across Latin America. Yeah, you know, Mexico has a has a population of one hundred twenty one hundred thirty million people. Mexico mm-hmm. City is thirty million people by itself. Yeah, like th- this, you know, I had an opportunity to. You know, and and this is was a, a really huge thing in um, in learning Spanish is that Spanish speakers don't expect Americans to learn Spanish. Hmm. They're always surprised and they always assume I'm Latino. Really? I had a, a guy even at the grocery store yesterday um, when you know, I heard him speak Spanish. I said something. He's like, hey, "Where are you from?" I'm like, "L.A." Where are your parents from? Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> Where are your grandparents from? Wisconsin. <laughs> Um, so, you know, but, but, but what is it, you know, as a language that the dominant business language in the world is English. Yeah. And so when someone who is born into an English culture, um, you know, like Norwegians, they learn English, English, Germans, they learn English yeah. and not a lot of Americans learn another language. And so just the, just the, the fact that you can then speak to people on, in their, um, in their own language yeah. creates uh, a bridge. And, and that was something that, that motivated me through all of the, the difficulty was, um, you know, having family that supported me, yeah. um, being able to make amazing friends. And there's no, I, I mean, I don't know if there's a culture that's, that's more hospitable and friendly than the Latin culture. Amen. I, Amen. I, I don't ever have to like ask someone if I can come over. I'm like, Hey, are you free? Like, let's hang out. Yeah. And, 
and and vi- I I honestly get like worn out sometimes because it's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, the love of 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 God is that's you know, so cool. Reaching out to people that um, that really need it, yeah. especially in times like this, because the, if we think it's difficult in the U.S., there are massive um, obstacles for for people in Latin America, yeah. and just wanting to be there for them. Yeah, you know, Evan, I can just vouch for that. Cause I know you were when Terry and I were pastors at, we were, we were pastoring the church over in Simi that you were on staff at. And I just loved how grounded you were and who you were, you know, and who you are and uh, just have you, there's a lightness about who you are, you know? And I love that. Cause I mean, you have the popularity. I mean, you got people following you. They love you. They support you, but here's Evan. And I'm going to just, <laughs> I remember one time, we decided to do this ridiculous midnight service on New Year or Christmas Eve at one time. And I had come walking in to go <laughs> through rehearsal and, and Evan's on the worship. I remember team. this. And I look up on the stage and you're in footy pajamas, man. Bright, bright pink. Bright pink. Footy. Ones. And, I, and I looked up at you and I thought, I could not stop laughing. <laughs> he, start, he started the onesie craze. <laughs> the onesie craze. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you didn't wear it during the service. No, or did you? I don't know if you did, but I don't think you let me. I don't think I did. <laughs> you know, but I have that picture. I have a picture of you I, seeing me yeah. in that yeah. on my Facebook. Oh and my it gosh. always cracks me up. Yeah. Well, but, and that maybe that it might be another podcast about how how you can um, grow and heal through uh, ministry relationships. Really, yeah. <laughs> I, I think though that that like the reason. You know, I, I talk about that sometimes in um, in Latin America. Is like if you know, if you if your goal is you know, how do I w- worship the Lord? I mean, that's you know, that's a funny example, but like, yeah. you know, what would I do? Like, I would become. You know, I love the I love the David Crowder song that we used to sing it all the time when I was the the, the youth worship leader. Yeah. Um, I'll become even more undignified mm, than this. Yeah, that like. You know, whatever I have to do to call attention to the Lord, yeah. if I have to stand up on a soapbox, if I have to sing in Spanish, if I yeah. have to, you know, do whatever is like, you know, yeah, some, sometimes we can, we can become excessive and, <laughs> but, you know, but have a little fun. That's what it yeah. was. I love it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's really good. You know, Evan, I watched, and I'm sorry, I, I just watched you go through, cause I know when we are family, you know, and we, you know, if you if you guys listen to one of our first podcasts, um, you guys know Terry's and I's story, and, and Evan was right there in the middle of it, and he was able to watch us go through it and and the challenges, and 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 he he could relate and be able to see us and and be able to watch. You know, it's not cool to watch how family when we have a focus on what we want to do. We want to do what God's will is. We can walk through some of those hurtful, challenging times. And now we sit on a podcast together and we have a, a common goal, you know, and I, that touches my heart because I think there's a lot of people out there, um, their families are broken and there's challenges that they face on a daily basis and it rips them apart from the call and the goals that God has for them. You know, and Evan, I've watched you courageously and I've seen you. You know, you obviously your success is beyond what we can describe and God's favors on you, but you have become a representation of who Jesus is, you know, and I love it. And I, I love that people get to, to see you. And when they see you, they get to see Christ, 
you know? Mm-hmm. And so and, and I could not get emotional as a, as a, now here's the uncle in me. Is that all right? Uh, no, but it's a <laughs> relational watching a man become the man that Jesus says, I'm really proud of you, you know, wow. which is really cool. They're really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. Apart from all the success, right? Oh, it's yeah. a, it's such a deep, beautiful heart thing that he's after. Huge. You know, you could still be, you could still be playing for the, the, the six beautiful, um, women down in Mexico and he's <laughs> or still, 60, was it 60 or six? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Whoever it was, he'd still be proud of you, but yeah. it's like, wow, it's just neat to see how, how all the other things have also been part of it. Um, Evan, we, I love your new release, um, be my Shalom, uh, which is available on, um, Apple well, every, music. yeah, every, yeah. every, um, Apple music is the best place to get it. Right. That's the just go there. Uh, yeah, that's, it's a good place. Yeah, it's yeah. a good, good place. place. Okay. And we're asking everyone to get it because I'm telling you in quarantine, in this uncertain time, be my Shalom with uh, featuring Meredith Andrews, who's also a phenomenal, um, singer. I don't know if she's a songwriter, but I'm sure she is. She's, she's written some songs that we've probably all heard in church. She's really, she's killer. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I know I've, I love, I love hearing her sing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it as we kind of close off today? Yeah, it was uh, it was in January when I wrote it. I wrote it with Chrissy Nordoff, who wrote Your Great Name, and this guy, Corey Voss, who wrote on the new Matt Redman record. And they're just, I mean, they're, you know, am- amazing. And all I brought to the session was just this title I had, Be My Shalom. Yeah. Um, and we started writing and thinking of, um, you know, what that means. And I was reading a book. Uh, by AJ Suvoda, mm-hmm. um, that you guys know, yep. and on, on the Sabbath, and he was he was talking about like shalom, peace, resting in the Lord, and so we started to, to unpack like what it you know different verses, and we go to you know Psalm twenty three, one of my favorite um, chapters of the Bible, and uh, you know, and even thinking about like God, it prepares a a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's a really cool thought right now. And that like this thing that's going on around the world may not disappear overnight. Um, and it might have to take its course, but God is preparing a, a table for us. He's, he's providing for us in, in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so just kind of unpacking that, those ideas and starting, starting to think of um, what that is. And, and, and what, what I love most about this song, which I, I guess I didn't really realize until um, we released it, is that it's my prayer. Mm. It's, it, you know, I'm, I'm writing it personally. I listen to the song uh, almost daily right now because I wake up and the first thing I get is notifications from uh, news outlets that are saying, hey, this is happening. This is happening. This is how many job losses. This is what's going on. And, um, you know, when are we going to be able to do concerts again? When are we going to be able to go see our family and friends? Like, I want to go to California. I want to see you guys. Yeah. Uh, and it's a good thing. <laughs> and, and, and so I listen to the song and I, I say like, Lord, like be my comfort, be my healing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I want more and more of you, Jesus. That's and, cool. and so, yeah, I think that the song is, it is timely. Um, I didn't write it thinking of a pandemic. Um, I obviously had no idea this was going to happen, but um, I think that the Holy Spirit inspires songs yeah. in the correct time. Um, just like the song, The Blessing, 
yeah. you know, which is um, somebody was saying, it's not a very, it's not a very vertical song. It's not like mm. God praise you. It's a, it's like a prayer over the people. Yeah. And I think people need that right now. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's going to be a huge example for the church to say that like, while we feel that the world is, is falling apart, um, we trust in the Lord. That's cool. And so our response is not going to be a, a reaction of, um, of doubt, of fear, um, of hoarding of whatever, but it's going to be of peace and trust. And, you know, um, that, that's how I want to respond. And so I think that's, you know, that's why it's my prayer. It's not necessarily how I respond every day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that the song has been able to reach people in English as well yeah. for the first time in almost eight years. That's, yeah, so cool. that's amazing. Well, we are, we're actually going to, um, yeah. uh, you know, put that at the end of this podcast. So hopefully everybody can, can hear a little glimpse of it, yeah. but please, you know, to our listeners, download that song. Um, you know, I, it's funny. I love, I have your playlist on, um, our, you know, our, 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 our you know, we have a, a number of different playlists. I love it. I don't speak Spanish. I wish I did. It's one of my, well, um, one of my bucket lists. I also want to learn how to speak Italian, which is close, but because I do a lot of music, it's pretty close. It's pretty <laughs> close. Yeah. Get the gist. But I love listening to your songs in Spanish and yeah, I love it. And it, it doesn't deter, Mm-mm. you know, the, the worship. Um, aspect of it so we just encourage everyone to to download his music yeah. be blessed yeah evan you are uh, such a blessing an inspiration to so many and i don't just say that because we're on a podcast i would say that to you when you sit at my couch here in my living room um or if we're out to lunch you are an inspiration um i am we and i know we're family but man we are so proud of you and what you're doing with the gospel and uh, what you're you're populating heaven in such a powerful way. And so we stand with you. And uh, before we were going to do the podcast, I, I, I bribed Evan, but he's going to say, I'll, I'll come back. And so when he gets to do new things, I'll keep coming and have him come back to the podcast to introduce what he's doing. Um, but I think today it'd be um, important for us to just sit back. And as you're sitting here listening to this podcast, Maybe this is where you just kind of put away all the distractions, um, put your headphones on and just sit back and listen to this song and let God touch you right where you're at. And but Evan, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, of course. Love you guys. Yeah, I love you, too. And, and if you can just sit back and listen to this song by Evan Craft and Meredith Andrews called Be My Shalom. Your press is God, the only place we run me home. Your love, Jesus, there's nothing else that I want more. Spirit, please come, come and calm the raging storm. And bring peace, be my shalom. If you'd like to hear more from James and Terry, subscribe to this channel, check out their website at jamesandterrycroft.com and livelifeunplugged.org or find them on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. This podcast is made possible by the generous partnership of Rasa Flooring, Miller Waldrop Furniture, Kingdom Work Studios, and Embassy City Church.